All right. Well, welcome. And thank you so much for being here. We never uh, want to uh, neglect the fact that you chose to be here at church this morning. So thank you, Sabine. Hey, thank you so much for being here at church this morning. Uh, we, we, we hope that you are uh, really taking in the atmosphere that the Holy Spirit has created for us this morning. Just know that no one is here by accident. No one is here by chance. Uh, the Holy Spirit designed for you to be here. You could be anywhere in the world this morning, but the Holy Spirit designed for you to be here in Yuma, Arizona, at Church for the City in the 9 a.m. service, and he wants to speak to you this morning. Amen. Before we uh, move on, I, I do, there's a couple things we want to uh, cover, announce, pray for. Uh, I do want to thank the, the, the youth leadership team for, for uh, just everything they've been doing. Those, those, the baptism you saw this morning and the baptism we're going to see in, in the 11 a.m. service were during the youth service. That was our first time doing youth baptisms at the youth service. So that was very exciting to see. Thank you to the team for working so hard. And I do also want to uh, cover an actual announcement. Uh, we always, every, every week, we, we like to say we have a go. There's something that we want people to go to. Uh, and we want something, for, there's something that we, we're going to do that's going to reach, either reach the nations, reach our city. And this week, our go is, is actually going to be uh, something that's going on tomorrow here at the church. Tomorrow at 10 a.m., our We Love Our City team and anybody else who's available is going to come here at 10 a.m. And where's Natasha? Natasha's going to be leading that team. She does a great job. They're going to come here at 10 a.m. And once again, we are going to make 700 700 sandwiches to take to the Salvation Army to help feed uh, uh, the, the, the migrant fam- the immigrant families. And remember this. Uh, it's not about politics. It's not about thoughts towards the border. It's not about thoughts towards a president. It's about people that Jesus loves that need to eat. Amen. That's what it's about. Being the hands and feet of Jesus. So if you're available for that, thank you for the team that has come and done that before. We're going to try it. We're working on doing that twice a month. Also, we want to thank you for your giving. We, we are able to do what we do because of your giving and you are able to give because we have a good God. And we thank you for that. Uh, we, we thank you uh, for the people that are reaching uh, the world through missions and the different uh, VBS coming up and then the youth services and, and all of our, our, our different teams that are functioning. It's because you, you believe in what God's doing here at CTC. And we thank you so much for that. And we're going to, you have, uh, there are uh, multiple ways to give here at CTC. Uh, there's offering boxes at every exit. We have our CTC family app. We have the website. Um, so, so please know, we, we appreciate for your giving, and we believe uh, in, in all the promises the Bible has to say about giving. Amen? All right. Um, if you don't mind, I'm going to actually have you stand. I'm going to actually ask you guys to stand, because I'm going to read the word, and I'm going to pray over a couple things. We're praying for our, our CTC campuses in India, our CTC campuses in South Africa. They've already had their, their services uh, about 24 hours ago, but we're just believing God to continue to do great things there. And also, we pray every single week here for a local church because we believe that we are not called to do it alone. We're not the only church that's called uh, to reach the lost, so we're praying for Community Christian Church and Pastor Joe Avila today. Then I'm also going to read from the Word. Anybody excited to hear the Word this morning? I'm excited to preach the Word. If, if you have your Bible, uh, can you open your Bible to Acts chapter 1? Acts chapter 1. I feel like I got a word in my heart this morning, but there are no more important words you will hear for the rest of the day than what I'm going to read right here, because all the power is right here in this word. Every answer to everything you will ever face in life is right here in the word of God. Amen. Do we have any believers in that? Amen. Acts chapter one, I'm going to read verse four through eight. 
I'm reading the New Living Translation because that's the best I can do right now. And it says this, Acts chapter 1, verse 4. Once he was eating with them, he commanded them, do not leave Jerusalem until the Father sends you the gift he promised, as I told you before. John baptized with water, but in just a few days, you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. So when the apostles were with Jesus, they kept asking him, Lord, has the time come for you to free Israel and restore our kingdom? He replied, the Father alone has the authority to set those dates and times, and they are not for you to know. But you, someone say you, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere, in Jerusalem, also known as Yuma, throughout Judea, Arizona, and in Samaria, the United States of America, and to the ends of the earth. Amen. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you so much for this morning. We thank you for your presence. We thank you for your spirit. Uh, we, God, we, we thank you that uh, we have the opportunity to be in your house, welcomed by your presence. We lift up every single person that's here today. God, give us uh, eyes to see, ears to hear, soften our hearts to receive from you. We thank you for each and every person uh, that's here. We thank you for uh, the opportunity to give. We ask that you bless their giving. Uh, continue to bless us as a church to be able to do what you've called us to do. We thank you for, uh, for Pastor Joe Avila and Community Christian Church. We thank you for Pastor Norman, Pastor Robonda. And uh, of course, most of all, we thank you for lead pastors uh, that, that believe in us and that believe in you and that are working so hard to uh, build your, your church and build your kingdom. And we ask God that as, as our lead pastors, Pastor Tyrone in Virginia, sacrificially and, and just they struggle through that cruise in Alaska, that you just keep them safe. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Yeah, uh, go ahead and take your seats. I, I, I'm excited, actually, that, that, that they get to go and, and rest and enjoy each other and, and, and enjoy time with other pastors. How many believe that our lead pastors uh, work very hard, and when they do get to get away, we are excited for that. We love the fact that they get to go uh, do that. So... Pentecost Sunday is today. For, for some of you who've never heard of that, uh, Pentecost Sunday is, is what we can say a, a bit of a Christian holiday. It's a Christian holiday. And before I, I get into what that actually represents, what that actually means, I, I do have to, I'm going to explain a couple words, a couple words about our church because I, I, I have a, I got a question recently. We're getting ready to take the youth to camp and there are some parents that we've never met and they're sending their kids to Prescott with us. So they called and they asked some questions and they said, what kind of church are you guys? And, and there's some people that come here and they don't necessarily know how to answer that question. Some will say, well, we're a Christian church or we're a church that does the light stuff. You know what I mean? You don't know how to describe it, but, but there's a couple words I want you to understand. And, 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 and I will say this, we are a spirit-filled, charismatic church, meaning that we believe in, in, the, in the endowment and the, and the operation and the gifts of the Holy Spirit. That's what you can say about our church. And you can say we're Bible-believing church. We believe in everything the Bible says. We believe that the front to the back of the Bible is for today. And we believe in Jesus and also that we believe in the day of Pentecost. The word Pentecost, as, as, uh, as much trauma and horror it brings to some of you guys because of some experiences you may have had growing up, the word Pentecost means something extremely scary, 50. Not scary at all, right? It just means 50, 50. Penta, uh, Pentecosti is the, the, the Greek word. If I say it right, Pastor Ralph, help me out. Penta, five, costi, times 10, 50. And we, they celebrated the day of Pentecost in Acts chapter 2 when the Holy Spirit fell, just like Pastor Jacob was talking about. It was 50 days after Jesus rose. 
Jesus rose on what we celebrate, uh, we celebrate Easter, we call it Easter, of course, and Jesus, what people, some don't understand is that Jesus rose and then he kept appearing to the disciples for 40 days. Jesus stayed on the earth for 40 days after he rose again. And after those 40 days, he gave final instructions and then 10 days later, the baptism of the Holy Spirit fell. Pentecost, that's what we celebrate, the day of Pentecost. And what I want to talk about today is how that day is still influencing our church thousands of years later, and that same Pentecost power can be applied to your everyday life. Amen? I'm not big on board games. There's a few that I like. Quite the transition there, huh? Um, but I will say this, uh, there are times when we get invited to game nights, and, and, and for Karina and I, my wife, my beautiful, amazing wife, Karina here, she's great, um, game nights for us means there's a game on TV, like the NBA Finals or, or college football, and there's wings and pizza and enough food on, on the counter to eat for hours. That's game night for us. For some of you, game night is like different games on tables and you need like charts and charades and all these different things. The Luns are getting excited over there. Now, now one thing that that we struggle with sometimes when we get invited to game nights is the thing about it is like when you get invited to game nights, sometimes you, you, you know, you, based on the amount of people there, you, you, you have to stay until the game is over. You don't want to be that guy that, that the score is tied and you're like, man, our babysitter keeps calling. I'm sorry. We got to go. Like, like you, you, so you have to stay. And sometimes it can turn into a long night. The other reason why we don't go to too many game nights, to be honest, is because Karina and I, along with pretty much any, any person I've ever met with the last name Jones, are extremely competitive, like to a fault competitive. And the last thing we want to do as pastors is, is get invited to a game night, and then when we're leaving the house, kind of be like, hey, I'm really sorry about what I said earlier. Like, I didn't mean that, you know? You have a beautiful home. You're not even that short. I don't know why I was saying that, you know? Like, I don't want to have to, like, apologize for my behavior, so, so we just don't do a lot of game nights. But there are a few games that I do really enjoy. One, Connect Four. I like Uno. I like Taboo. And to be honest, I still like the game that has ruined so many friendships and I'm sure has ruined a number of marriages, Monopoly. Come on. I can still play a little Monopoly. And if you're not familiar with Monopoly, the game of Monopoly is a game where you're, you're, you're working to buy real estate and you have stacks of cash and you're trying to stay out of jail. Some of you guys are like, that's a game? That's my current situation. You know, but the game of Monopoly. And on the Monopoly board, there are three spots that say chance. And when you land on the chance spot, you can pick up a chance card. And on the chance card, normally you get good news. Bank pays you dividend of $50 or every player has to pay you. But there are times where you get bad news. And there's no worse card to pick out of the chance stack than the card that they're going to show right here on the screen. Go directly to jail. Do not pass go. Do not collect $200. Normally when you pass go, you collect $200. If you're taking notes this morning, this message is called Do Not Pass Go. Do not pass go. And one thing that we have to understand is that that right there is clearly a command. It's not debatable. There are things, there are gray areas in the game of Monopoly, but that card right there, you know exactly the instructions. We know it's not a suggestion. It is a command. We get other commands in our life, and we clearly know how to respond to that command. If your mom pops your, head, pops your head outside when you're a child and says, get in that house, that's not a suggestion. Get outside is not a suggestion, that's a command. 
Other times, someone can text you and say, great movie last night, you need to go and see it. Same type of language, but it's a suggestion and not a command. Now, one thing that I found out about commands, and one thing that I understand about commands, is that the way we respond to a command is often based on our understanding of the command or our view of the commander. You follow me on that? Think about it. There's times I went to sleepovers when I was like 9, 10, 11 years old, you know, pile up in a, in a room, smells like socks and stuff, you know. And there'd be like this younger brother who, who, who feels like he has a little extra power in the group because he actually lives there and he'll jump in front of you. You're not allowed in this room. Get out of the way. Because I had no respect for the commander. He was trying to make a command, but in that moment, like, eh. I didn't. But there's other times where we read commands, when we hear commands, like what we read in the book of Exodus, commandments that we post and that we remind each other of and that we study and that we memorize because those commands, because we know who the commander is, those commands mean so much to us. There's even commands in the New Testament that we hear where Jesus said, greatest commandment, love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, love your neighbor as yourself. And we, we put those on our, on our screensavers and we put those on the wall, but How many understand that there is a command that Jesus gave believers in the New Testament that for one reason or another, too many people see as a suggestion? In Acts chapter 1, Jesus commanded the disciples, do not go. Do not go into Jerusalem. Do not go until you receive the gift my Father has for you, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. The Bible says he commanded, do not go. You know what he was telling them not to do? Don't go start the church. Their job was to go start the church at that point. Jesus had done everything we would ever need for salvation. He paid the price for salvation. He rose again. Salvation uh, had come to the earth. And what Jesus was saying is now it's your turn. Uh, There's going to be more people to reach. There are going to be more more miracles to be done, but it is your turn. I'm going up to be with the Father, and I'm going to send my spirit. In fact, it says in, in the book of John that Jesus said, it's going to be better if I go away. But don't go. Don't go and try to gather people. Don't go and try to help people. Don't go and try to lead people. Don't go even and try to tolerate people until you've been baptized with the Holy Spirit. So I want you to write this down. This is a mouthful, but it's, it's a statement that I believe Jesus wanted us to understand uh, clearly, and it said this. Jesus made it clear that the baptism of the Holy Spirit is essential for living the life of supernatural purpose that we are called to live. The baptism of the Holy Spirit is essential to living the life of supernatural purpose that we are called to live. Yes, we receive the Holy Spirit with salvation, it says, the, the Bible says when we accept Jesus, the Holy Spirit comes into our heart. But I love how, how Pastor Bill Scheidler, uh, when he was visiting with us, said, uh, when we receive the Holy Spirit with salvation, it's like a, a, an empty glass, uh, being, fresh water being poured into the glass, right? But in a separate experience, we can be fully submerged and baptized in the Holy Spirit, receiving a special, a new supernatural power. So that's like taking that same glass that's full of water and dipping it into a swimming pool. Now it's fully submerged a different level of anointing, a different level of power. And it says this in uh, Acts chapter two, that they they received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. When they were in the upper room, there was 120 in the room, men and women. It was a gathering of believers. 
And what, do we, what did they receive? What do we receive when we receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit? One thing that we receive, we receive supernatural authority. Supernatural authority. After the baptism of the Holy Spirit came in, the open, in what they call the upper room in Acts chapter 2, Peter stepped out and there were people that were mocking them and there were people that were confused and Peter stepped out and preached a message that you can read in Acts 2 in less than five minutes. You can read the, the message in less than five minutes and following that message, 3,000 believers, some of them the same people that were mocking them just minutes before, turned their lives over to Jesus. How does that happen? The supernatural authority that Peter received when he was baptized in the Holy Spirit. What else to receive? Power. Power. You know, in chapter 3, Peter and John, same thing in the book of Acts, chapter, they, were, they were walking into the temple, and there was a man that they, 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 they labeled, they said he was, he was crippled since birth. And he was asking for money, and Peter and John said, silver and gold I have none, but in the name of the Lord Jesus, stand up and walk. And they grabbed him by the hand, and he stood up and he said, the strength returned to his ankles and his legs. And he began to jump and leap and praise God and went into the temple with him. How did they understand that that could happen? Because they had been baptized in the Holy Spirit and they knew that miracle working power was available to them if they would reach their hands out and believe that the God of the universe will work through them and strengthen this man. What if we were baptized in the Holy Spirit and understood that when we walk into the hospital on those visits that we can lay our hands on people and God can heal? What if we walked in a power and an authority that we can lay our hands on our kids when they're sleeping, when they've been acting up day after day after day, we can lay our hands on them and say, God, I know you can change attitudes. I know you can change um, personalities to a way where they can pursue you, where they can understand you. When we understand the miracle working power of the Holy Spirit, it changes the way we approach people because there's a power within us that helps us understand that we have a power from on high and we're not living a life of natural. How many know we're not, we're not called to live a life of natural? If you're in this room today, you've been called to a supernatural way of life. And I'm not talking about flying like Superman and flipping over cars. I'm talking about more important things. Mama Becky over there told a story. One day she was praying and the power of the Holy Spirit which just took over and it was working through her and speaking to her. And it said that she needed to go to the court, courthouse. And she sat in the family seating at a divorce court. And two members of CTC were in divorce court. So imagine how long the process had been going already. They were in divorce court. And she sat there and she prayed. In fact, she prayed to herself in her spiritual language, which we're going to talk about. And because she knew that the the Holy Spirit had told her that this marriage should not be over. And there's a power in you if you go sit in that courtroom. And I can tell you today, Mama Becky's still praying for people and that couple is still married to this day. There is power in the Holy Spirit. When we receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, we get boldness. Boldness. You hear the story of Stephen in Acts chapter 7. Stephen was going before the council, before the Sanhedrin. And he knew he was going to be more than likely facing death. He was facing death. But he still had the boldness to step into that council room and preach the gospel and talk about Jesus and even to let them know that you have rejected the one that has come to save you. And though they were going to stone him, he was still able to look to the sky 
and worship. He was still able to actually even pray for them because he had a boldness inside of him that was greater than his circumstance and even greater than the result. The boldness inside of him let him know that there's no circumstance he could ever face that's greater than the power inside of him. Imagine if we lived in that type of boldness. How often do we hear anxiety these days? Battles with depression these days. And I'm not saying those things aren't real, but if we get a hold of the power of the Holy Spirit inside of us, we can walk with a boldness as we're raising our kids. We can walk with a boldness into the job that we don't like. We can walk with a boldness into the communities that we're scared to live in. We can walk with a boldness into countries that people say that we shouldn't go to. Imagine if we live with that type of boldness. The baptism of the Holy Spirit gives you boldness. Another is is supernatural understanding. I don't know how many have been here for reset conference and different things where, 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 where people are given prophetic words and given uh, words of, of knowledge and understanding. And, and it's great. I would love to get more into it, but it's great to be able to hear how the spirit of God allows you to speak into someone's life, to speak the heart of God over someone's situation, to speak to someone, letting them know how God sees them and what God has in store for them. Supernatural understanding. So how did they know? How did they know in the upper room that they were baptized with the Holy Spirit? How did, what was, what was, how, did, how did they know for sure that it came? The evidence. The evidence. Each and every person in the upper room, all 120 men and women, when the baptism of the Holy, Holy Spirit came in Acts chapter 2, they all spoke in tongues. Some of you guys are like, oh, Instagram time. It just got weird. Checking emails. Understand this. We're going to bring some clarity this morning. They all spoke in tongues. And what did that moment of speaking in tongues do for them? And what did it do in the area, in the community? One, it was a witness even. Well, at first, it was an indicator that the baptism of the Holy Spirit came. If they spoke in tongues, that's how they knew. We all received it. That was the evidence. Matter of fact, in the book of Acts, there are no, in the Bible that I've seen, there are no places where someone was baptized in the Holy Spirit without being able to look at the context of it or just being able to read it clearly that they spoke in tongues when they're baptized in the Holy Spirit every single time. But this is what happened in Acts 2, in the moment. They began to speak in other tongues. People on the outside heard. Some of the people on the outside actually heard these people that were speaking in languages that they had never met speaking the language that they understand. And they were saying, they saying when they understood them, they were hearing them uh, say, glorify God. They were glorifying God in a language that they understood, even though the speaker didn't understand what they were saying. So it was building them up. Also, Peter was able to come out of that, that group of believers and preach to this group. And for, the, for any of the rest that didn't understand and didn't understand the language that was going on, he was able to bring clarity because he, he was filled with, it, with a supernatural knowledge and wisdom that he can speak clarity to these people. So now it edified the, it edified the whole group. But you know what other thing that that speaking in tongues did in that moment and it does for us? It gives us a personal strength. It gives us a personal comfort. And I know um, some people have had some some, some very interesting experiences and seen some things. And I'm going to tell you this. Catch this. Weird people do weird things. No matter what. Weird people do weird things. And sometimes weird people do weird things as they do, and then they want to credit the Holy Spirit. Or should I say blame the Holy Spirit? The Holy Spirit is a gentleman. The Holy Spirit is beautiful, and the Holy Spirit is for me, and the Holy Spirit is for you. Amen. Praying in tongues, we're going to talk about it just quick, quickly here. Um, the prayer language. Here's something that I love. The Apostle Paul, everyone loves to quote the Apostle Paul. 
Paul wrote at least 13 books of the New Testament, and, and, uh, and everyone loves to, Paul wrote Philippians 4.13. What is it, Philippians 4.13? I can do all things through Christ that gives me strength. I'm going to ride it on my shoes, championship game, right? I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Everybody wants to quote that. Or, or I've stood on this stage for many of your weddings and read the, the, the love chapter in Corinthians. Love is patient, love is kind. And we all like to post it and, and you know, it's great things. Now, if we, are th- if we believe that much in the words of the Apostle Paul, and we believe that the words of the Apostle Paul are, are, are sent by the Holy Spirit and it's the word of God, then we should also believe this, that the Apostle Paul said this, I wish you all would speak in tongues. And the same man who was snake bitten shipwrecked, stoned, said, I speak in tongues more than you all. That's the way he was able to face those things. That's why he, the way he was able to write the majority of the, of the New Testament because he had a prayer language that kept him strong. The prayer language didn't help him avoid problems, but it, it helped him get through it. Our prayer language, Pastor Steve Williams, one of our network overseers, Pastor Steve Williams, I love what he says. He calls it our spiritual push-ups. Spiritual push-ups when we pray in prayer languages, our spiritual push-ups keeps us strong. It's utilized, we like to say it's utilized among fellow believers and in private prayer times and gives us a comfort and a strength. Now I'm going to need some crowd participation here. We're all going to open our mouth and speak. No, I I need some crowd participation here for a minute. Is there anyone here, and I'm going to ask you to be brave enough to raise your hand, who ever feels spiritually weak or inadequate? Ever feels spiritually weak or inadequate? Okay. Is there anybody here who ever gets so overwhelmed by their current situation or season that they don't know what to pray? They're at a point they don't know what to pray. Is there anybody here who ever gets in a season or in a situation where they say, I just need peace and comfort. I just need peace and comfort. Congratulations. If you raised your hand for any or all of those things, you need a prayer language and it's available to you. So you might say, okay, well, I hear you talking about this prayer language stuff and, 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 I, and I see, I hear what you're saying, but I, I've been here at CTC uh, for, for quite a while and I, I don't hear you guys firing it off. Let me, actually, let me give you a couple examples first before, before I get to that. It's cool, there was, there's this story about this guy named uh, Tua, dang, Tagovailoa? Tua. He's a quarterback for the University of Alabama. There was a, it was in the national championship game, uh, and, and this was about, I think it was two to, two, to three, two to three years ago. He was a freshman on the team, which means he didn't play very much. He didn't play very much. And in the national championship, all of a sudden, the coach decided the quarterback wasn't doing what they needed him to do. And he looked over at Tua, and he said, hey, we need you. It's your time to shine. I know you haven't been on this big stage. It's in front of millions of people. Me and Karina were having game night. Millions of people. And Tua, you are up. Tua goes in, 18 years old, facing some of the best athletes in the world with minimum experience on the college level. And he brought his team from behind and they won the national championship. He goes to get interviewed by ESPN and they say, you seemed so cool under pressure. You're 18 years old. You're playing against the best in the world. How did you do it? He said, in between plays, I prayed and I prayed in tongues. No one needed to know. No one heard me. It was no one's business. And they said, are you crediting speaking in tongues to winning the national championship? He's all, no. But it kept me calm and it gave me peace. Your prayer language may not take you out of your situation, but it'll get you through it. It'll bring you peace and it'll bring you comfort. 
Another story, I've, I told Pastor Ralph I shared this story way before I ever should have, um, but, but, but this is the best context to ever share it. There's a lady that was in our church years and years ago in one of our old buildings, and I'll never forget this. I believe I was eight or nine years old. Um, and, the, and the lady went up for prayer. She went up for prayer, and, and, and I remember her saying that I need prayer for my marriage. My husband is not a believer. This lady was one of our worship leaders, but her husband wasn't a believer. Her husband didn't come to church. And she wanted prayer for her marriage. The pastor, which was a guest pastor at the time who will be here this year, Pastor Eddie McCall, many of you guys have met him. As soon as he laid his hands on her, she was baptized in the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues. She gets done. Thank you. Goes and sits down. Something I understood about that. Even at eight, nine years old, I said, she didn't go up there and maybe get what she thought she needed, but she got what God knew she needed. Are we catching that? I don't know what happened with that marriage, to be honest, but I do know this, that God equipped her for not only that marriage, but any and every other trial she will ever face because he gave her a supernatural strength and power that she can operate in at any time in her life. Amen. So the question is, what about CTC? What about CTC? I don't hear anybody screaming in tongues and in, in worship or yelling in my face at the altar. And we would never do that, even on a day like this, on the day of Pentecost. That's not what we do. But I will tell you this. In our pre-service meetings, when we're in a gathering of believers, we pray in the Holy Spirit because we know that we're not gifted enough to do what God has called us to do. We're not strong enough. We're not smart enough. Our week wasn't good enough for us to do what God has called us to do in this service. But this is what we do understand. Even though we've prayed, even though we've studied, even though we've worked, even though we've met, it's going to take the power of the Holy Spirit to accomplish what God wants to do in this service. So in that gathering, we do the same. We do. How many can say, even in, to be honest, I guess a bunch of raise of hands today. How, how many can say that even in some of our worship services, there are times to ourselves that we operate in our prayer language during the worship, during the prayers, during, during the altar ministry. Because, because understand this, it's something that's available to us all the time. It has its place, it has its purpose, and it builds us up. When we come to Awakening Prayer, it's a gathering of believers. So just know this, you're never going to have to worry about a, a lack of order in our services. But at the same time, we, we are spirit-filled believers. We are a spirit-filled church. Um, so the question is, how do we receive the Holy Spirit? How do we receive the Holy Spirit? How do we receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit? And here's the thing. The first thing we have to do is we have to repent and receive Jesus. You know, it's all about Jesus. And there's no baptizing. We can't, uh, we can't operate in his gifts if we don't know him. It says in Acts 2.38, to repent of your sins and be baptized and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. It says repent. And then we ask and we expect. We ask him for it, and we expect to receive it. When someone lays hands on you, and you're asking for the Holy Spirit, expect to receive it. Why? Because the Bible says, how much more does the Father want to give you his gifts? How much more? If he's taking care of the, of, of the animals out in the wild, without any human, I, we saw it in Africa, the animals out in the wild are well taken care of, how much more does he want to give us his gifts? Expect to receive. And the other thing, a lot of people come up and they expect the baptism of the Holy Spirit and they expect God to give them their prayer language because they know how important it is. 
But one thing that you have to do is you have to yield to the Holy Spirit. You have to submit yourself to the Holy Spirit. You have to submit this thing, the most unruly member of our body, <laughs> to the Holy Spirit. Amen. I, there's, a, there's a pastor by the name of Chris Hodges. Pastor's probably, I think, the, the largest church in America. And he said this. For the longest time, he, would, he really wanted to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. But he, he'd come up for prayer, and, 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 or he would pray in his, in his room or wherever, and he would say, God, I, I just want you to fill me with your spirit, but don't do this. I don't want to sound like that, and don't make me look like this put all this caution tape around. Listen, God's not going to give you anything that, that, that you don't want. God's not going to give you anything in his giftings that you're not going to want. So when we come for the Holy Spirit, we want to say, God, we want everything you have for us. God, I'm submitting myself to you. God, I'm opening myself up to anything that you want to give me because I know you love me. And I know you have this for me. And I know, just like Jesus said, there is so much that I still need to accomplish in this world. That I still need to raise these kids. I still need to work this job. I'm retired and I still need to find my next step. I still want to serve. Lord, I need your presence. I need your spirit in my life. And lastly, receive it. Receive it. And receive it over and over and over and over again. Some people today may need to be renewed in the Holy Spirit. Maybe need to be refilled with the Holy Spirit. Now, more than anything else, of course, the baptism of the Holy Spirit empowers us, gives us supernatural understanding. It gives us supernatural wisdom at times. And, but more than anything else, the baptism of the Holy Spirit makes us more like Jesus. Jesus, when he was baptized in water, the, the Holy Spirit descended down on him. And that's when he began his ministry. So he didn't give instructions to the disciples that he wasn't walking in himself. Before he started his ministry, the Holy Spirit came down on him. And I'll tell you this, our, our, our role in life, our, our, our goal, our job, our purpose is to be like Jesus, to live like Jesus, to love the unlovable, to reach what they think is unreachable, to lay hands on the sick and believe they will be healed, to go to all nations and preach the gospel, to preach with a spiritual authority like Jesus did. He said in the Bible, we'll do greater things than he did because the spirit that was, that's coming down on us. And this morning, if some of you don't know Jesus to begin with, you can't live like Jesus if you don't know Jesus. You can't operate in the power of Jesus if you don't know Jesus. And this morning, I want to let you know that the same Jesus that, that we're talking about right now, that's done something for us, that's done something in us, he, he, he died for you. And if you don't know Jesus, there's, there's a, I'm going to be honest, there's a pain inside of you. There's a lack of fulfillment inside of you and, and, and you can keep looking and looking and searching and searching for, for answers, but, but the truth is Jesus is the only answer. Jesus is the only solution. Jesus is the only one that can, that can uh, rescue you from your pain and your shame. And you know what? He's already done it. He carried it to the cross. He carried it to the cross for you so that you can be made right with the Father. He died and rose again so that you can have access to the Father and you can spend eternity with him. So I'm asking you this morning, if you don't know Jesus, don't, don't, don't leave without him. Don't leave without knowing that you are in the hands of the one who designed you, the hands of the one that created you, the hands of the one that has your purposes and destinies designed for you since the day you were born. Don't leave without him. I'm gonna ask everybody to stand. I wanna explain one more thing. You see, some of you, 
need to come up and you're going to surrender your life to Jesus once and for all because you, you've come to the understanding that there's, there's no other answers for you. And I'm going to ask that the, the altar workers already come on up. The altar workers can come on up. And others are saying, hey, I, I, I'm one of those ones who, who I face situations that I don't know if I can handle. I'm raising kids and I, I need help raising them. I'm working a job that I, I need. I need power. I need supernatural understanding. I need wisdom. I need strength. I need help staying calm. I need peace. And you're going to come up and they're going to pray for you to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit and you're going to get it. Because you're going to come up with faith. You're going to come up uh, understanding that you're forgiven and that you're loved and there's no such thing as deserving. None of us deserve anything. But the grace of God, by the grace of God, he gives us the opportunity to receive his spirit. By, By the grace of God, he gives us the opportunity to receive his love. So, one more thing I want to say about the Holy Spirit is this. And I'm holding this. This is a, it's an iPhone charger. It's an iPhone charger, right? And recently I was in Africa. And in Africa, I, I would spend the whole day out using my phone, taking pictures or, 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 or using it for a clock. And, and at the end of the day, at the end of the day, I would always go back and, and my phone would be nearly dead. And I'd plug it into this thing and it'd give me more power. And I'd do the same thing. I'd cycle over and over until finally I was having lunch. We were having lunch with, my, with, with, the, with the group. And my dad pulled something out. And he said, this is, this, is, this is a portable charger. When you have a portable charger, you can have power anytime you need it. Anywhere you are. And what I've come to understand is too many times we, we go to church and we get repowered. We go to life group and we get repowered. We open up our Bible and we get repowered and all those things are good. And all those things are things that we should do. But when you're baptized with the Holy Spirit, you have power anytime you want. You can access the supernatural power. You can access the supernatural wisdom. You can access your prayer language and get peace and get comfort. And you can go and lay your hands on a sick person and believe that they will be healed. The baptism of the Holy Spirit takes us from our natural to his supernatural. And you are called to live in the supernatural. So this morning we're going to worship. We're going to worship just for a minute. The worship team's going to go into a song. And I'm asking that we just stay here. We're good on time. Just stay here and just open up your heart. Lift up your hands and worship just for a minute. And as the song goes, I'm not going to make any more calls for you. You can come up and receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. You can come up if you need healing. You can come up if you just want restoration of your marriage, of your family. We serve a God that does it all. We serve a God that wants it for you. Don't leave here and go face those anxieties again without the power of the Holy Spirit. Don't go face that anger again without the power of the Holy Spirit. Don't go argue with that wife again without the power of the Holy Spirit. I'm telling you, the Spirit of God is inside of you and wants to unleash something special. And when you go to that job, and when you raise that family, and when you accomplish those things, I want you to be able to look people in the eyes when they ask you, how are you able to do this? And you can look them in the eyes and say, the same power that raised Christ from the dead is alive in me. Come on, let's worship this morning. Consume me, hear it. 